Hello everybody. Today we have a new guest for our Founder Talks. So a very warm welcome to Michael. Hi, welcome. Yeah. Great to be here. Michael, you founded a company, Selum, a few years ago. It's, you know, we are more the more experienced one in the field, <laughs> or at least me. Um, so tell me a little bit about Selum. Yeah, what is this company all about? Yeah, and how did you came up with this idea? Okay, well, the company is pretty old first compared uh, nowadays. Like it's a... Experienced. It's experienced, yes, seasoned. <laughs> yeah. um, so like uh, the company has been originally founded in 1999, but mm. uh, we do what we do since like 2003 or four. Yeah. Uh, what we do is actually in the broader um, MarTech field, so marketing technology. Yes. And what we build is actually um, a platform for what we call the content supply chain for product experiences. So this is what we help our customers with um, to get the right content manage it and actually then put it in the in the face so to say of the of, of people when it most matters so you would be able to help us too with our content um, yeah we have uh, we have very interesting brands as customers so to say that uh, that, that actually live by creating or from creating content like um, soccer or football teams. yeah and you know it's because um, I'm in the game since 1992 so uh, 2003 2004 it was more or less before the second hype yeah the second social media hype there's mm -hmm. the first one in the 1990s uh, um, how was it then yeah uh, to to came up with this really new technology cloud-based yeah what can you tell us here? Well, it was a different time because, of course, we were actually founded in this aftermath of the burst of the first, let's say, exactly. digital bubble. Yeah, so yeah. 2001, yeah. 2002, uh, like it's completely unimaginable today that, that people were like showing you pity when they found out that you did something with computers. So that was yeah. really like, uh, really, mm, uh, not great, right? So do your parents know that? But, um, <laughs> but, but, but um, actually, yeah, later then, when what, we, what we, of course, did, we were generated or we, we started off in a, in a time where like funding, specifically in Austria, was completely off, out of the question. It was like an, 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 an exotic um, thing that happened in America. But in Europe, especially in that time, as a software or tech company, that was completely like you, you, you had to go bootstrap or be lucky or do nothing at all. You made it and you've been uh, persistent and uh, wanted to do it. So why? Why this idea? What was your, so to say, inner passion okay. to well, do this? To, to be an entrepreneur was, you know, after I, I gave up the idea to become a doctor, the, the second, the second <laughs> idea was pretty much like, okay, I, I want to do something, I want to create something. And, and this creating a product, um, you know, after or actually while still in university um, meant a digital product. So that was pretty clear. And then, um, you know, how, how many, let's say, good, uh, sometimes even the great ideas uh, are being created like that. When I was um, like talking with a customer and they, they, they explained this strange problem they had that it was really horrible to, you know, send around emails in overcrowded email inboxes where they bounced your emails back when you tried to send somebody a two megabyte file back in the day. That was yeah. a thing. There was no WeTransfer. And even if there was WeTransfer, large brands are not super keen on using that because of compliance reasons, et cetera, et cetera. This is when we said, yeah, screw it. Let's do it. Um, let's... 
let's build something that solves that, that problem and goes beyond. That's mm. how it started. Cool. And now um, I read there are Salomians. Yeah, <laughs> what are Salomians? Uh, and did I pronounce it right? <laughs> the, the pronunciation question always comes up. The name is derived from a Latin word. Salom. Mm -hmm. um, exactly. Uh -huh. So actually, the, if, if, I, like if we would be in old Rome, we would probably call it Kelum because the mm -hmm. C is a K. But yeah, the, obviously now we call that Salomians. And um, Salomians are our, our people. Um, when mm -hmm. we tried to create some kind of, you know, setting ourselves apart a little bit, and I don't know who actually came up with that, <laughs> um, but, but it sticked, and, and now um, people working at Salom are called Salomians, and even the people not working anymore with us the refer alumnus. to themselves yeah. Salom alumni. Yeah, so. <laughs> Salom alumni, yeah, that's nice. How many people you are at the moment? Um, yeah, we're nearing 130. Wow, yeah, congrats. Yeah. What would you say was your biggest learning in HR, yeah, from all the fields, employer branding, recruiting, um, whatever you would love to pick, what was your biggest learning here? I think there's this one sentence, culture eats strategy for breakfast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, that's my biggest learning and, and this comes with this, at some point when you are not a startup anymore that is actually defined by the fact that there's a couple of friends doing something together, mm you have to be really careful to do exactly that, care about culture probably more than you care about strategy. Mm -hmm. And you have offices now in Vienna, in Munich, and well, actually, Linz is the place where we where we have where been you, born. Where you started, exactly. Yes. This is yeah. where our campuses, where our headquarters are. Yeah. But um, I live in Vienna, and our, our uh, like second largest office by by that is in is in Vienna. And actually, the, the the people are residing all virtually all our people, with the exception of people working remote, um, yeah. are, are in those two locations, Linz and Vienna. And what would be uh, your biggest advice or one advice for a new founder? Always hire for attitude and never compromise on that. Never. If you're not sure, you're not sure. <laughs> exactly. But, but this is really like this um, not doing this and or just doing it, it half-heartedly. So too much mm. compromise will compromise your company for a long time. And the culture, yeah. And it's expensive. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And um, what would you say are the most important traits for a good leader? How big is your management team? Um, well, that depends. Um, we have a four people first tier management mm -hmm. level, so to yeah. say, and then it starts to flatten out very, very uh, quickly. Um, uh, the, the larger part of the company is organized in a highly agile way, so yeah. there is no real like management team. team. Yeah, they're yeah. they're kind of. Uh, guild leads and other structures with people that lead but not in a very traditional way mm -hmm. um, the overall I would say people with with active that would see themselves as managers about like 10 people I would mm. say 10 mm. 12 people mm. and the most important trade for the leaders? well um, that's that's really interesting I think it's it depends in, in which field you are I think it's it's very important that that you are um, able to be interested in a lot of people equally, in what they do, in what, what drives them, what, what they care for, 
And then actually in day-to-day -day business, uh, you cannot lead without really paying attention to what people are doing without, and I think this is the core, um, uh, uh, let's say, trait of appreciation. Appreciating mm. people means mm. understanding what they're doing. Even if you then have to call them to order and say, honestly, this is not, you know, you should do this better and this doesn't work out. But, but the worst in leadership is, and we learned it the hard way, is if management doesn't care what people are doing. Always be part of it. Show interest, I think. Yeah, it's, it's really like, uh -huh. in some cases, of course, if you're overdoing, you're a micromanaging control freak, but you need to find, so to say, the right balance there. But uh, I always, um, or actually uh, other managers at Salem too, we always easily got scared when people pushed back and said, okay, this is too much control, this is too much oversight. Yes, you need to be careful. But if you then immediately go to the other extreme and, mm. and have this kind of super less affair, this sounds good but in most cases it it, it gives people the um, this impression that that you don't care about them or what they do and mm. that they don't make a difference regardless you know how you then measure performance but if you just measure one part of maybe so to say their work you're actually not paying attention on, on all the rest that they are doing and cannot appreciate like how they work and and how dedicated they are but coming back to the culture yeah how would you describe the culture in your company There's an interesting German term, familiar, which is like mm -hmm. family style. Um, Quite a big family, huh? Yeah, it is a big family. Yeah. And, and of course, we are, again, you, you smell and feel a little bit the difference between, let's say, a hyper-funded company where like it's get rich or die trying. Uh, and us, we are a little bit different in that. That's not, not only good, it has also its downsides. Yeah. Um, And, and I think the, the second piece of the culture is that, that we have this kind of, a little bit of, at least in the co company fabric, kind of long-term thinking. And you feel that a little bit with, with many people. We have people staying with the company for now 10 plus years. And that, that is, an, because that, that's go, we go back, like way back. Mm. And 10 years ago, the company was quite different. And, um, and so, yeah, I would say um, family style and, and to a certain extent still driven, which again, I, I like very much and that needs to be injected again and again if a company reaches a certain age, um, driven, I would say. Yeah, driven. Uh -huh. We had quite some hard years with COVID, mm -hmm. yeah. Which kind of changes did you had in your company or did you, because we, we had last year a, a, a main uh, topic we wanted to address was mental health, mm -hmm. yeah. Is this something that you think you, we struggle more in the smaller companies? Humans are social beings. Yes. So um, everyone working from a small room in his or her home for a long period of time needs to be something that you really are built to do. Yeah. If, if you are not built to do that, but you kind of like the, the thought that you, I don't know, you don't have to commute to work every day or whatever, that could run you into problems. Um, what we found out in, 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 in reality is that, of course, it's a demographic question. So there are people who are like youngish, live in a small flat in the city center. Um, they like hanging out with their colleagues. They yeah. want the social contact per se. Because, of course, if they stay home, either they have a roomie or whatever. So it's like being at home means in a very small room that is not probably really fun to be all day. And you want to have some change of scenery. And then, of course, you, you have people that are a little bit older, that have family. You know, the question taking care of kids was a big strain on many people mm. um, because school's closing, kindergarten's closing. 
And then you have people there that are older, that have a larger, a larger flat or even a house somewhere. They have a longer commute. So I, I think, and this is also what we tried, to be very selective in what we offered to whom. What we tried to keep at least partly the, the social fabric alive, no matter what. And for example, our home office regulation now means that three days a week is to be decided by the team lead and should mm. apply to the whole, de- whole team. The Wednesday is our day where everyone needs to come it's into the office. Again, you know, not in high COVID incidence times, but when we then finally on later April, we're going to revert to absolute normal modus back mm. again. And then we are currently working on a, on a true remote work setup. We have this now for individuals that have this in their package. But of course, you know, we have people like, ah, the next couple of months, I would like to work five days a week, meaning completely remote, but then not, not again. And we think it's, if you are built for remote, you should go really remote for a longer time. Mm. And otherwise you should obey, so to say, the three plus two. And in, 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 um, in, in edge cases, we are even talking about four plus one. So if you can stay at home four days, yeah. uh, for example, when you have to take care of kids and stuff. So we are extremely flexible there, but we try to be sticky to the people that are not remote by, by design. Because again, as you said, mental health is a big issue there. Um, and we try to reach out continuously with our talent team and culture team to make sure that people are not you know, floating away somehow. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And that's very important. And, and we all have to learn to adapt to these times. Yeah, there is a new position coming mm. from, from America, uh, a new job title, it's head of remote. I think the question how we as an organization really provide this support to keep the culture, we have to, to learn quite something. No? That's, that's not so, so easy. Yeah. I think it's, it's going to be very interesting times in the couple of coming years because uh, it could either be a complete bounce back where people, you know, the same would go probably for travel, yeah? but, yeah, yeah. but in, in work modes as well. Um, for business meetings, of course, I hope, I sincerely hope that we are beyond this like traveling around for yeah. just like a 30 minute <laughs> meeting somewhere. And, and also for intercompany meetings and stuff, it really is cumbersome to have, you know, this kind of travel always involved. But really for the sake of, of companies' cultures, again, there are very successful examples for companies being completely remote. Mm-hmm. And, and everyone has to acknowledge that. Yeah. But yeah. I think it's going to be really a tough for organizations to try to be like both a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, that's going to be a challenge. A, a lot of people are complaining about Austrian labor laws and stuff like that, where like everything is so inflexible and, and the, the, it's always the employer that has to kind of, I don't know, act like a parent to kids and something. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. what, what you mm-hmm. critically could, uh, could uh, describe this relationship with. But it actually has a lot of merit when it comes to companies needing to take care of their people. So people mm. want to stay home all the time. But if you then lose touch with them, but just, okay, he wants to stay at home five days a week. And, and I know of, of, of companies we, we, we know very well where they, they kind of have now this situation where people are really having severe mental health issues because they just faded away. So yeah. like, ah, oh, then, then he didn't show up at a standup anymore, had some excuses for a couple of weeks and then, all of a sudden the person more or less either quit or you know completely faded away. I think it's it's our responsibility as organizations yes. to, to, to keep this fabric alive. And do you speak openly about this? Is this uh, something you you just address or have in the all hands meetings? Exactly, or? yeah, we do yeah. that. We do yeah. that. We have yeah. an all hands on deck where we uh, address all kinds of topics and one of this in the last couple of actually uh, many months was this thing of, you know, take care of yourself. Yeah. Be sure that the The, the, the lure of staying completely away from your organizational fabric isn't too strong and you have started through. Yeah. yeah. 
And do you offer any kind of support? Uh, coaching or, or exactly yes. yeah. we yeah. we have offered that unfortunately and i have to really um, i hope that so to say this is a, we'll a, fully, like this. <laughs> a transparent view also for me i'm, I'm not you can never be 100 percent sure yeah. because it's a very sensitive topic and you cannot guarantee exactly. that people will open up but i think we are currently having no real cases where this is really a problem we had some cases where the if there is a team lead or whatever the according structure, next, next, next structure is, so to say, um, that actually took extra care of certain people. Um, but it's, so it's not yet in really professional help level, but let's say something that's a little bit before that. Um, and, and we tried to do as much coming in and staying together and doing some events, et cetera, et cetera, as, as much as possible, of yeah, course, yeah. as health regulations uh, allowed. What are your coping strategies? Yeah, if you struggle, what is what is your self-awareness thing? Is it sports? Is it uh, your 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 baby? Yeah, playing <laughs> well, with your baby. Of the course, family. Having, having a baby is really like um, you know grounding you in some That's in some true. in some That's aspects. Really um, yeah. But of course, I think for me personally, it's it's really, it's flying. I fly aircraft, and this uh -huh. is okay. an extremely to be in the moment point. Mm -hmm. uh, to be in the moment thing, because otherwise you just die. So this is really a motivator to mm -hmm. be focused in, in here and now. <laughs> and the adrenaline is here too? To uh, yeah, in, well, in an ideal scenario, there's not much adrenaline involved. Yeah, uh, yeah, but but yeah, yeah it, it means focus and it means being with yourself and being attentive at the same time. So I really enjoy that. That's my focus and retreat zone. We have uh, one uh, last question here, the imposter syndrome. It's something like I'm being the company, yeah? So really mm -hmm. uh, not having a, a good work-life balance, but really being too much consumed and too much in the company, mm -hmm. yeah? It happens sometimes with me exactly the same, yeah? The, the, the thing is that I guess it is important, and this was, for example, for me personally. So first of all, I hate the term work-life balance because it implies somehow that work is not life. And, and for the lack of a better, uh, so to say, wording, but I, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really not a fan of that because in an ideal, and actually we all deserve that, we work like, let's say, at least, let's say even if we work only five hours a day, it, it, that would be 25 hours a week, but, but still you are spending a significant amount of your wake, waking hours doing something that you are considering not as your life. And I think that, that doesn't fly for me. So mm. find something that is your passion where you cannot really tell the difference between work and life. Yeah. <laughs> but I think the underlying, of course, the, the idea of this not getting consumed and not being able to shut off work, so yes. to say. Yeah. Um, I think this is also something. I, what I did, of course, even in, in lockdown, etc., I, I drove every day um, 100 kilometers just to be in our headquarter office in Linz because I was uh, yeah. in Austria back there. So just to be there, just to have this clear difference in the, my surrounding. This is my workplace. The mm. other place is my mm. non-workplace mm. uh, because it's often hard enough, as you said, to you know turn off the, 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 the machine. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think on the other hand, it's really a problem if you are having this kind of, okay, I... I want to get as much cash out of as little work as possible because actually I despise that kind of thing. Mm. So the less, the better. Of course, the other way around is like I work like 40 hours a day is, is a stupid, it's like the, the permanent and, and, and ever never ending hustle. Um, and you see in the startup community, you see two things. You have this one, like everything is self-care and every minute I work is really a waste of time and I hate that. But of course I have a lot of 
people that have to work for me because but I'm like Jesus, so they have to love me because I'm the I'm the CEO and everything I do is the like exactly yeah this is like this is the, this is really horrible and, and they, those people are all of, all self care and and they they then actually you know treat their employees really badly in many cases and then the other way around is like this hustle 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 get rich or die trying and and both extremes are really a problem as as a, as a startup founder or as as a as a leader as you said before yeah we have more or less the same definition of finding the right people finding our heroes, so to say, is that they understand their strength and that they feel this passion. Yeah, because yeah? I think that's, like you said, that's the most important thing, yeah? that you love what you do and you hopefully find the place yeah? where this is appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Any other things HR related you would love to share? Yeah, maybe open positions you're always. Oh yes, we are hiring. <laughs> uh, we are hiring. We are hiring a lot. Um, um, I think we have currently 40 open positions or something. So mostly in in engineering, obviously in Linz and Vienna, and remote. And and we have a lot of open positions in in sales, business development, and consulting. So whenever when you want to work with like. Uh, Amazing brands like I don't know from you know don't not offend you know, soccer football is always dangerous if you mention uh, one team you you're going to actually turn up uh, turn off a couple of people but actually I don't know from Bayern München uh, southwards and and then of course um, you know brands like uh, Volkswagen and 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 Scott Sport so if you want to work for great brands um, and and do great stuff and actually fight so to say for a gr great shopping experiences in our digital world this is yes. what we at the end of the day do. We make sure that our customers can create uh, great cho uh, great shopping experiences then then join join Selma. and and yeah so hiring wise um, I can only in, in general so to say um, argue that never never compromise and 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 try to keep this up as long as possible um, and um, and really listen to your workforce without getting itchy so to say because if you're listening too much in a, in, a, in the wrong way You will you will start trying to to actually run after every little whim, so to say. Yeah, and by yeah. doing one thing, you might be again putting off other people at the same time. Um, and honestly, my 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 biggest advice: hire top to bottom. And it's not a great idea to run a startup for 15 years and not having anyone being responsible for we call that talent team and culture. Yeah, so. Yeah. You should People probably manager. exactly. You should probably start with with that role pretty pretty early in your. What would process. be a time? Yeah, how many employees do you think you would start? I think, I think more more than the the usual. Like it's, it's okay to have eight direct reports. The moment you cannot directly manage people anymore, you need somebody who is the quality assurance person for all kinds of how managers treat others. You can be your your own coach only for those people you are really uh, directly leading. Responsible, But yeah. Exactly. The yeah. moment you are having a management hierarchy, you need uh, somebody that sits a little bit outside of the hierarchy and makes sure that, so to say, the stuff that nobody wants to actually take care of um, um, also is being taken care of. And then, of course, hiring and acquiring talent becomes uh, more and more of a full-time job and can't be done by, by other managers in the line. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, we have one part um, always at the end where we want you to complete some sentences. Okay. Yeah, the first one is in a world led by women. I would be extremely happy because the world that is currently led by men sucks in so many ways. <laughs> yeah, thank you. What is something very few know about you? 
I, I wanted to become a doctor, yeah, mm -hmm. originally. Mm -hmm. I had to do a f first, what's called first aid uh, at one point, uh, and, and, and there was, when too much blood is involved, I found out that that's probably not my thing, so. Which superpower you would love to have? Wow, that's a tough one. Really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, because classic superpowers, I would say flying. Yeah? Yes, that's, yeah, that's, as a pilot. As a pilot, yeah. that's, that's always awesome to not need this cranky machine, but, um, Super empathy uh, yeah. would be uh, my business superpower that I would like to have. To really know, so to say. To have always on. this kind of, I know what people really want, not, not know what they are thinking, but you know, yeah. Yeah. never getting them wrong, never being, being non-empathic. This it was, Michael. This was very nice yeah, Thank having you. you here. It was a pleasure. Thank you. And to say, look it up. You know, lots of people uh, you're looking for in the next month, years. Exactly, join us. Yeah, in <laughs> Vienna, uh, Linz and Munich. And thank you so much. Thank you, it was a pleasure.